Open the pod bay doors, please, pal. All right, all right, all right. You're gonna need a bigger potion. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? Look at the coast. We get together, have a few laughs. The Movie Odyssey with Brad Patel, Gus Trout, and Adam Lucas. So yeah, um, St. Martin or where were you going? Yeah, St. Martin. Um, yeah, it's this little island and uh, we, the the south side's the Dutch side, which you most, you usually land there, like most flights, US flights. And then we taxied up to the north side um, on, on the like Atlantic side and um, stayed at a cool little resort like a boutique resort and you know, like just saying bonjour and there you go. merci and stuff. <laughs> yeah, but everybody speaks English, but you just to be kind, you know, you kind of yeah. open up with that. Sounds like fun. But the first night we got there, that, that close beach bar had a, had like a crazy rave going on. There's all these insanely drunk uh, and probably <laughs> on like e, e or something. Um, oh, you know, yeah. European people just like go and, fucking hard man holy shit <laughs> ah nice yeah i miss those days i i don't know going hard every every night <laughs> but i don't know maybe not i, I don't know that's nah, it's i sucked. don't i don't go hard anymore um except at fish concerts <laughs> <laughs> yeah well anyway um yeah so what do you think of Shaun of the Dead? <laughs> it's good, right? Yeah, take it's that, Lucas, and your segues. <laughs> um, fuck fuck segues, man. We're just diving right into it. Oh, no no classic intro? Yeah, I should probably do an intro. Yeah, let's do an intro. All right, gang. Uh, hello. Hey, gang. Welcome back. Uh, my name is Brad Patello. I'm joined by Gus Trouth here. Adam is uh, couldn't Busy. be here. He had a work thing. Yeah. He's going to be um, gone all, all week. Out of yeah. town. Well, we'll see him next week, right? For yeah. Hot, hot fuzz. We're doing the Cornetto trilogy over the next three episodes. Uh, the Cornetto trilogy is a series of films directed by Edgar Wright, written, written by Ed, Edgar Wright and, and Simon and, Pegg. And Simon Pegg, yeah. Starring Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. They're all different it's like in thought they're all different genres and different characters, but I guess Cornetto ice cream is in all three. Yes. The, the three That's, different flavors of Cornetto, which I, yeah. So you got Shaun of the dead, strawberry red, obviously blood is a theme like here. So Shaun of the dead, 2004 today's episode is a zombie film. Hot fuzz. 2007 is like a buddy cop action film. And then World's End is like a sci-fi from 2013. So that's the that's the Cornetto trilogy. And today we're talking about Shaun of the Dead. The first one in the this is his first movie. Uh, Edgar Wright's first directing movie. He did a bunch of TV shows and music yeah, videos. Did you did you watch Spaced? Have I, you seen Spaced? I haven't seen it. I read about it because oh man, it, it's um, related to this, obviously. 
Yes. Yeah. The um, girl that Sean keeps on running into and he keeps on saying like, oh, just surviving. I'm surviving. Yeah. <laughs> um, the she's the they're both looking for roommates and they become they pretend that they're a couple and fake that they've been dating for ages and are moving in to this apartment that like you have to be a couple you can't be you know what i mean oh roommates or some there's some stipulation that's the plot of the show yeah and then it's just them like trying to fake it and then it kind of goes away from that and it's just their crazy hijinks that they get into it's really good um you and you can see the egg you're right coming out and the, and the humor yeah um, he directed all of them right yeah yeah all the episodes two seasons yeah i highly recommend it it's really really good yeah i wanted to go back and check it out before we recorded i, I may still i still got to see his soho film too i haven't I haven't seen that you said it wasn't great but Oh yeah, I man, I I haven't I didn't really I didn't like Baby Driver that much, and I man, last one night in Soho or last night in Soho, whatever it was called, man, not so forgettable and just not nothing landed. That's too bad because yeah. like Edgar Wright, I really like him as a director. You know? I do like, too. Yeah, his style like he's using visual. He has a very unique visual style. He's doing funny things with the camera and with the edit of the film right he's That's... yes he's um i was thinking about it today he's almost on that like you know his his whatever he, the Edgar right thing is yeah is yeah. <laughs> so like it's so new and fresh and like so his thing but it's also in that realm of tarantino where tarantino's like knowledge of film same with Edgar Wright they're like such movie film nerds and they've seen absolutely fucking everything and yeah. they have like you know a picture perfect memory of like every single director every shot who who shot it you know they know all of that crazy stuff yeah. and you can like but they're they both have that ability to take all of that that history of film and then speak that language perfectly and and stylize it in their own voice. Yeah. And man, does Edgar Wright almost does it better than Tarantino in his own way of really making Tarantino's own like kind of copying e more. Right. But just doing it in such a cool way where Edgar Wright just took all of that and like morphed it in his own He's fun doing his own thing. thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's so good. Uh, yeah, the, the crazy editing, the because it's not only in the visuals it's because the visuals are linked to all the gags and the the setups and the the yeah. foreshadowing all of that stuff is so tied together in such a nice perfect package it's, it's the pacing insane. yeah well people like always refer to these as parodies i don't think they're parodies they're like Shaun of the Dead isn't really a spoof of a zombie movie. It's like a zombie movie. You know? It's yeah, it just it's, happens to be funny. But he's doing right. it well. He's doing the conventions of each genre. Like all these movies are a different genre, and he knows the genres so well, the conventions and like what the visual look of each genre is. And 
Yeah, I think too. He, it, it's a lot of the, the, the obviously the comedy is coming from the characters being f- just funny. Like he grounds and makes his into something more than just a zombie movie through the characters and the plot and the you know their arcs and stuff with the. That's what I think grounds it with the whole thing with the mom and yeah is uh oh no there's some girlfriend. definitely some really good tender moments in this too you got the thing with the mom then you got um Bill Nye's character there's a really nice moment there in the yeah. car so there's sad bits there's pathos in it you know that he does well I wasn't ready for this the first time I saw this we saw it in the theaters at I'm um with like. Justin Jordan and Jesse, the J squad. Yeah. Um, shout outs to the, the J squad. The Jays. The Jays from Jersey. Um, I remember the Jays. Yeah. On Fridays, we'd always go, we'd never have classes. So we'd go up to Tinseltown and watch, do like the first showing. Nice. But uh, yeah, that the bar scene at the end, spoilers alert, uh, as always um, on this podcast. Always. Um, also, this movie's from 2004 and it's yeah. a classic. <laughs> Why haven't you seen it yet? Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, the mom part really kind of, I was just like, I still kind of like, man, why did you throw that in there? I don't know why that has to be in the mom being killed. I think it's great. It is like, good. I, That's the thing. It's, it's like, I can't, it's good. I just, maybe I'm, I just don't like necessarily where the plot goes a little bit, but I don't know. It's like, it's, it's tough sometimes when you like all the characters. Yeah. It does well, take a, it takes a bit of a tonal shift there. Like shit, after Philip dies, it gets pretty, because yeah, it's still the, so goofy, but at the same time, so intense. And yeah, it's the um, lead, lead characters mm-hmm. start dying. Sean's mom, played by Penelope Wilton, who was also in um, Downton Abbey. Uh, yeah. Haven't so watched that's, that yet. That's a thing. <laughs> She's in a bunch of stuff, though. Sure, it's great. Yeah, she but looks familiar. No, that's, that's a convention of the zombie genre. It's like everyone dies. You know, that's every zombie movie. <laughs> True. The how, characters how... are very, like, well-drawn, too, you know? Oh, for sure. Yeah, they're so good. Um, th- again, I something I say a lot, but, like, when you remember every single character, even the, like, the, the flower shop girl, the 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 snooty French guy on the phone, the, the, um, Darth Maul, Darth Maul's voice actor is the other, um, Peter Serafinowicz. Yes. Yeah. He's the other roommate. He was also the tick in, uh, the newest, the Amazon. He's in spaced as well. Yeah. Yeah. He's been in a bunch of stuff too. I never, I saw him like, I forgot he was in this and I, I remembered him from the tick and I guess I'd forgotten that he was English because he does like a American accent in the tick. Mm -hmm. He's like a naked zombie at the end because he, he turns in the shower. Yeah. (laughs) He's getting ready for work. Yeah. (laughs) God. Yeah. The, um, Oh, what I was going to say though, the, the gag, that gag, we're coming to get you, Barbara is if you get it and just how, how Nick, Frost delivers it is so fucking funny. We're coming to get you, Barbara. <laughs> yeah. There's a few direct lines. Well, there's several direct references to Romero. That line, obviously. And then mm-hmm. the reporter's line about um, 
removing the head or destroying the brain. That's yeah. that's also from Night of the Living Dead. And then David's death is a reference to uh, uh, Day of the Dead, which the when he gets pulled apart. Yeah, the evil army guy at the end, yeah. like gets his torso ripped open. That's I so, hope he choke on it. He's saying choke on it at the yeah, and as he's being ripped apart. Uh, I guess Romero. I didn't realize this was the case either, but Romero liked this movie so much that he, uh, Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright have a cameo in Land of the Dead. <laughs> there's there's zombies in which came there out is, the very um, next year. Edgar Wright is a and there's a cameo. It's his voice. He's either on. It might be he's it's a he's doing the the TV gag where he's cutting switching channels and it's like explaining yeah. the what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Um, and his voice is on the TV and or radio at okay. some point talking about yeah. something. Yeah. Yes. I like the, the, the there's so much good stuff in this. It's it's insane. I don't even know. Like, I guess we should just start from the beginning. But like, I guess there's something I, I should have done this, but writing all the foreshadowing and setups. Yeah, it, it kind of there. There's like setups and and foreshadowing. Like, I guess that's one and the same to an extent. He does a lot of that in this. Like a lot and all of, of his stuff. Yeah, that's yeah. one of his sort of like that and transitions <laughs> he's just so like the crazy transitions like a lot of wipes with like a character walking in front of the camera he does mm-hmm. that a lot he does a lot of the scene transitions with like the quick zooms which i'm glad he toned that down a bit because i think maybe he goes a little far with this in this movie like with those all the quick like, zooms yeah, when he's making like, toast and stuff yeah <laughs> Uh, repeated dialogue. People keep saying you've got red on you too. Cause mm-hmm. Simon Pegg has a red pen in his pocket and it leaks. And a couple of people say to him, you've got red on you. And then later that line is repeated when he's covered with blood. So it's the repeated dialogue, the setups and payoffs, uh, a lot of really great Edgar Wright staple filmmaking techniques in this. Yeah, he's definitely the things he was trying out on in space with a low budget. He, you could tell he really like went all in on this one. And I'm sure there's still, and still, this is probably a low budget, quite a low budget movie and low ish. Yeah. Um, I love the gag of the oneer that's repeated in act, mm-hmm. beginning of act one and well, kind of. I guess the Cornetto scene. Yeah. So that, that same shot is repeated with a lot of the same characters and a lot of the same props, but the second version is like zombified. The how the first act of this movie. So good. Yeah. I, that's great. I I could rewatch. I almost, it's almost like the, once the first act ends, I kind of just almost want to restart it from the beginning. Just, (laughs) Something, something about the flow and the jokes and where the story's going and just you, you get a lot of just it's when it's a lot funnier than the rest of the si- movie. yeah Simon and Nick are having the most fun together they're not that, like yelling at each other yet yeah that's the thing about these movies is you can tell they're enjoying it like the people involved are having a blast in all three of these movies right and oh, for sure. I do think it's probably just how Edgar Wright's very precise in his filmmaking. Yes. I'm sure like where they're like they're hitting their marks and stuff like all that because there's so many 
um, technical camera things that are going on and his like vision is so tight that he, I'm sure that is hard where they're yeah. doing like a hot, like a ton of takes. I know. Cause he, he does. Uh, in Scott Pilgrim, there's a lot of practical effects that you wouldn't have even imagine. Why would they do that practically whenever so much other stuff in this is like done with CG and, and other trickery yeah. or compositing, but he crumbles up like a note and throws it over his shoulder and gets it in the basket. And they really did it and took like 127 <laughs> takes or something like that. That's like a Jackie Chan influence. I think yeah. talk, I've seen him interviewed and he talks about Jackie Chan a lot. Yes. Like that style of filmmaking and Sammo Hung, who was Jackie Chan's stunt coordinator. They did a lot of that kind of stuff too, where they would do little things like little in-camera tricks that were so impressive. I mean, you know, doing it a hundred times to get it right. Like some and little thing like using that. Fi- yeah. Like using film, especially Jackie. Yeah. So crazy. Yeah. I, I think, well, again, comparison to, to, to Quentin Tarantino, like they have like the film snob in them where they like all that artsy stuff yeah. and Truffaut and all, you know, all, every, all of it. They love all of it, but they also don't stop there. They like Jackie Chan. They like John Woo. They like Hong Kong action movies. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they're as equal fans of that kind of um, part of the Venn diagram. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Where I think you don't always get that. And you could, but that's what makes their movies so good is that they kind of, they're, you know, they can make like a fun, movie that has all of the language from all that other stuff. You yeah. Know? And re- referencing things, but not beating you over the head with it, you know, mm-hmm. like not well, making a bunch of, well, like, he, I would say, I would say that he does beat you intentionally beats you in, over the head. Edgar um, Wright. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> visually, how much foreshadowing is happening in this movie? Well, that yeah. up until, <laughs> um, it's in the, the second, what you're just talking the, about the second zombie walk. Or the, sec- yeah. the second store walk, which is the zombie, the first zombie walk. Well, the whole thing in act one is like, it's all, it's a lot of character setup, obviously, but like the zombie apocalypse is happening, but they don't realize it. Yeah. And there's so many gags about that. Like walking home from the bar and like singing white lines by Houdini. And there's like a zombie behind them. Who's like sort of dancing to the beat and, just the channel flipping thing. Oh, that's so, that's so good. Well, the, the, the other gag when they come out of the bar is they see a couple making out and they're like, say some funny British joke, something about tea. And, um, as they turn away, the guy's head falls off, but that's a setup because, um, when, when Simon Pegg first gets to the bar and it's raining, he throws his mom's flowers away after seeing he sees those this couple like passionately making out and he's like just got broken up with and he throws i love that scene in the bar girlfriend just breaks up with him he meets uh nick frost at the bar and that um is it a beach boy song i need you now the best part of me super tramp maybe okay uh yeah something like that yeah um, 
fuck? And he's like, who put the, who fucking put this on? It's on yeah. random. Which again, that's a setup to that's a, later. a setup for yeah. the Queen song later. Yeah. All the stuff, anything at the, at the Winchester is so fucking funny. Yeah. But yeah. any of you cunts like something else to drink? <laughs> like, oh God, the timing it's just even all from of that the, comedy. Even from the first scene where mm-hmm. they're talking to each other and you don't realize Nick Frost is there at first and it just whip pans over. He loves whip pans. Yeah. Like, That's whip, another transition he'll do a lot. Yeah. yeah. Whip pans over and Nick Frost is there. Like they're just talking about him and he's just standing there. Like you don't realize he's there at first. Well, another thing that he does in all his movies is he uses diagenic sound mm. and yeah. music. Yeah. Um, so the, you know, like a tea kettle will be um, steaming and whistling and getting louder and louder as like, he's talking to Philip and he, he's got about, he's walking up behind his stepdad. Like he's acting like he's going to kill him. You know, that kind of raising the tension there. That's yeah. an example I can think of, but whatever Nick Frost is playing, he's playing some kind of video game or gambling game at the bar and it's making all these noises and the noises are correlating with, you know, like Mickey mousing the, you know, what the emotions and, and jokes and punchlines of all the dialogue. Yeah. That's like every Edgar Wright movie, like every scene in every movie is like, the sound is Mickey Mousing or the music is Mickey Mouse. Yeah, all the way up to Baby Driver. But I mean, he does it in everything. But now I liked yeah. Baby Driver. I know you, you guys. I would have that. to rewatch it. I didn't I, love it. I, I wrote at one point, I wrote down I, during Act One, there's always some kind of like, like you said with the tea kettle, there's always like a siren or a car alarm going off or. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there he does really good subtle. He's doing like in your face foreshadowing, layered foreshadowing. It's onions of foreshadowing, like in this. Yeah. Um, so act one is character set up. Act two starts. Well, we gotta God, there's just so many funny things in act one that I know. just jokes. It's like I can't even remember them all. Like it's just constant wall-to-wall gags. Sight gags or jokes, like yeah. constant, like. Well, this is like, um, so Nick Frost is just their friend, like in real life. In the and movie, or he's in real, not yeah. in real life, and he's like not an actor. Yeah, he was. I think Spaced was his first. Yeah, acting role. Yeah, but he didn't like. He didn't pursue acting. Like he, they just love this guy. I'm almost positive. Like he's. Yeah, I think I read so that too. Good. Yeah. He he. Well, they they have a good rapport with him. Like yeah, they're, they're genuinely. They just, all but they three knew of them that he friends. was. Yeah, and fu- and that he's funny and that he can crush. You know what I mean? Yeah, and they have good chemistry. Uh, they yeah. look good. Like visually, they look good together. Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. If you're going to yeah. design two characters, mm-hmm. like, oh, totally, yeah, it'd be perfect, like visually. Like. Yeah, Simon Pegg has. I mean, now he's kind of gotten in shape and stuff, but he still has sort of like a slacker kind of dopey look. All the people, the checkout lady, is at the at the opening credits, and she's the oh, one in the yeah. backyard. We got to talk about the opening credits for sure, because it's like 
people acting like zombies. They're not zombies yet, but they're they're going Just about going their daily the lives of life. Yeah, yeah and like the mundane. That's what I mean yeah, with like he's playing on your expectations of the convention. Like there's that shot where you see Simon Pegg kind of shambling through his house in the morning and it's like he's walking like a zombie. You just see his feet. He's just and yawning like, and he's like stretching. Yeah. Yeah. So like just knowing that the audience knows the conventions of the zombie genre and playing that for laughs, like twisting your expectations and getting a joke out of it you know this is one of those movies where you can always um every rewatch you kind of there's because there's so much being packed in there it's like you pick up on little things like the first walk to this the convenience store that kid with the, the that's has a soccer ball kicks it into simon Pegg, and he says hey you're dead you know, there's all those like, like lines being said to people that yeah. are like that kind of thing. Yeah. Just surviving. You're dead. Yeah. I, and you see yeah, that kid in the next one too. Like every mm-hmm. character that's in that one and the one goes like from his gate, like walking down the street into the store, he gets the, he gets the soda, he gets the ice cream and then he goes back walks back to his gate and it's all one shot when he fucking slips on the uh blood yeah the noise there and it's like the, the little slip <laughs> action that simon does so fucking good i love him like opening the freezer and there's like bloody handprints there that he doesn't <laughs> yeah, notice he's just, yeah because they're like and it's well crafted too obviously there's the joke there but like story-wise if you want to ground it like he there he's super hungover and he's an extremely aloof character like that's the whole thing with his girlfriend why is she breaking up with him is because he just doesn't give a fuck like about anything he's completely lost yeah the the movie's kind of like about being complacent and as as far as like character metaphor like that's Mm -hmm. Simon Pegg's character, he's complacent and he's aimless in his life. Same with like Nick Frost. Walking through life like a zombie, you know, and, yeah. and the zombie apocalypse happens and then he kind of becomes this take charge almost type character. He kind of finds himself through these events of the film and I don't know, like it's a good character story that happens to have zombie in it you know like yeah you can't help but like anybody could watch this movie and probably have a good time yeah it's like i don't know i I know people like the zombie genre has been just done to death now and i think in like 2004 obviously had the romero trilogy the original trilogy and um like walking dead wasn't out yet and like just all this other this was almost the start of like the revival with like, cause there's 28 days later, which might've been a, a few years earlier. I think, yeah. I think that was Oh two. Mm-hmm. I love the detail of like Nick Frost says the word zombie and like Simon. Don't, say, like, that. don't say that. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, the Z word. Yeah. The Z word. Yeah. So act two has one of my favorite gags, which is the record gag where the blue monday so, fucking like oh that was an original pressing and he's yeah. like 
Fuck so they, <laughs> they finally realize there's a zombie apocalypse happening. And they just start throwing shit at them. And there's this great scene where they're like going through the records. Cause like Nick Frost picks up a record and throws it and it sticks it's the, in one of their heads. Yeah. It's the record that was, again, it's the setup from the other roommate throws it out the window. Yeah. And it's like, that's the second record I ever bought. And he says that yeah. again, but then they realize, okay. So the, that's when the reporter on TV has the removing the head or destroying the brain line. Mm-hmm. which he says later at the very end too, it's the same reporter who says, right. I, can't, well, I can't believe I said yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who, who would have ever thought? So they're just, they're going through the, the zombies are so slow. They're, they have time to like go through the records and kind of pick and choose which ones they're going to throw. <laughs> and that's so, like one of my favorite scenes. Yeah. The, like the Batman soundtrack. And he's like, Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Throw that. <laughs> and then he's like, purple rain. No. Sade. And he's like, that was Liz's. And he's like, yeah, but she did broke up, break up with you. (laughs) (laughs) So act two, that's (laughs) act two is all about get, getting the team together and getting to the Winchester, which I don't, he comes up with the plan, which that's another great sequence too. the, the coming up with the plan sequence. I love it. He's like so much visualizing what they're going to do. All right. And we'll just wait for this all to blow over. And they like, how he like takes that. a sip of beer and like, yeah, well, I like the, the shot of them like winding in to the, um, they're like serpentining into the, uh, mother's house. And he yeah. like kind of does like a little curly, a little swoosh with the cricket bat. Yeah. Every single, every scene has, like s- multiple setups for like following scenes. I'm just thinking of him like when Liz hangs a phone up on him and he goes over to like make a man or like try to win her back. He they don't let her let him in, so he climbs the uh side of the apartment. Yeah, and you can hear him on the intercom like struggling to get up, but then he falls and then he like buzzes back in. But when he comes, then later he goes to rescue them naively. And actually like climbs up it, you know, but you're waiting for that gag to kind of happen again. So I was watching the making of this and they're, they basically just have a easel with a really big, you know, like, like something you would have like at a conference or like a meeting or something, a really big, like, um, yes, thing of like ream of paper, like, right. A like big pad, poster like a size, giant yes. pad of paper. That- right. So they're just, and they're writing all the ideas down and like going back and just like lock themselves in an apartment. And yeah, that's the writing process. The character of Sean, they like drew a little picture of him and they had the, all these little bubbles for all of his characteristics, mm-hmm. like on the paper. So yeah, a lot of just thought and care, you know, you get the scene with the Martin Freeman's cameo where they run into the alternate, like the mirror version of themselves. So you have that gag, you have the fence gag, which I think is repeated in every one of these has like the fence gag, right? Yeah. You never taken um, a shortcut before. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, they finally get to the, well, they have a fight with the zombie, which bites the mom, but we don't know about it yet. Um, Mm -hmm. The mom's funny because she's like, just like, oh, I didn't want to worry him. Like, she's oh, yeah, been... she's like ultimate British kindness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's super nice. 
Oh yeah. The editing very rhythmic too. Like mm-hmm. all of the cuts and just the overall pace of the film plays out like a, you know, you can tell he's a music video director cause there's lots of just like to the beat almost cuts. Yeah. I like, know? I love that shit. I yeah. so much like, uh, I know some people kind of like, well, oh, this is just stuff feels like a music video or something like that. But like, I don't know. It's a style, mm-hmm. you know, and I guess there's no accounting for taste. I mean, I love it too. I can see people being turned off by something that feels too planned. Maybe they want to go with something that feels more like just naturalistic, but like it's his style. It's his thing. It's his jam, you know? And, yeah. And, he's, and I love it. Oh, fucking good. Yeah. I love it. Um, yeah so they they finally get to their their whole big plan is to go to the the uh i just i keep on wanting to say westchester the winchester Winchester, uh the rifle yeah the winchester a shitty plan for the well it's well it's it's just go to the bar yeah like they just that's the whole that's one of the big problems you know with Liz and Simon's or Sean's relationship is that like all all they do is go to the Winchester, yeah. And then whenever he fucks up the whole like d- the dinner date, finally it's just like, well, you want to go to the Winchester? No, I don't want to go to the fucking Winchester. And that's like the last straw for their relationship. Yeah. Basically. And then they're like, well, what's your big plan? We're gonna go to the Winchester. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which and on many levels, that's genius. One, it's goes with the story and the the arc and everything and the jokes but also it's economically uh very smart too because then they have like each act has a scene basically in in the in the winchester yeah (laughs) well i guess there is that kind of there is a fun little gag with they bring in the um the actress the failed actress uh girlfriend oh right and she like preps them all for their zombie walk to act like zombies. Yeah. yeah. What is what is Nick? I'll do it on the night. He's like, it is the fucking night. Like, yeah. <laughs> so good. You get the queen sequence, which that's another example where he picked the song out first. Yeah. Don't stop me now song, which I guess this movie kind of revitalized the popularity of that song. Apparently, well, the the needle drop at the end credits is great too. Yeah, all his all his needle drops are great. Yeah, that's why I was so surprised that like fucking goddamn Baby Driver, driver. which is all that's the whole point of the fucking movie is his stupid playlist, and it's like the most like cookie cutter fucking. Hey mom, I just started listening to music. I like music now. I don't know. It's just like I like I like Harlem Shuffle. I don't know. It's. You don't like the Harlem Shuffle? I'm, I'm not saying they're bad songs. They're all good songs, but there's like a lot of, there's just, it's they're not, like I've said before, there's songs that need to be retired. They're not deep movies. enough. They're not deep enough cuts. Basically. Yeah. But it doesn't have to be so deep and obscure that we don't know what it is, but don't pick like fucking title fucking track to some, I don't you know what I mean? Like, well, top 10 fucking. Don't Stop Me Now has kind of should it, at this point so should perfect. be retired it works in this movie but yeah. now it's like so yeah overused that right but yeah that whole scene of like the rhythm of the them all beating on the bartender guy so i i the moment with the mom there's like a big standoff there so the mom is bitten she dies 
And the her acting as a zombie when she comes back, I think she, her acting is really good there. And the few seconds where she's a zombie before they blow her away, mm-hmm. there's like these really great like little micro expressions that she does there. Like I, I like I again, I understand where and why he's going with everything and and doing the. It's just I do remember. first viewing being kind of turned off by like just it is a tonal shift there's still lots of funny stuff but it is like gets i mean like how simon Pegg is handling that like in like complete tears and disarray and stuff which he's take like it's being he's being very serious like in his acting yeah Um, that scene is really like the heaviest scene in the film mm -hmm. you know I mean, there there's a great moment with Bill Nighy in the car. I think I that's agree a too. really heavy scene. Yeah, and, I guess and, that yeah, it was, that sort of just starts like you know. Well, that's the first major death is Bill Nighy in the car, the Jaguar. I suppose that's him growing up. You know what I mean? And it's like I don't want to grow up. I just want this movie to be them at the bar getting drunk with zombies. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, there wouldn't be an arc then. Like, I know. I know. Okay. <laughs> So Gus hates this movie. Yeah. <laughs> See what you have, Brad. <laughs> it ends with uh, Ed being killed and turned into a zombie. And he lives in the shed, which is set up earlier. Playing PlayStation like, 2. Yeah. Time and crisis. Or no, time zone. Or... There's a line in there, like uh, Peter Serafin, which is character, says something to him in Act 1. Like, go live in the shed. And that's what he does. Like, oh man, see that's set, that's a joke. I didn't I didn't hear that gag. That's they so set funny. Up this, <laughs> they set that up. And I didn't put it put it together. Yeah, that's a big emotional moment. Obviously, like Nick Frost gets is like the last major character because it's right after that that basically the the military comes and fucks everything up. Yeah, cavalry cavalry shows up, and then we get sort of a little denouement at the end with like zombies being used for like. Yeah, like reality TV thing. and stuff. They were they were the same yeah. guy who's like gathering shopping carts in the parking lot of the supermarket is doing the same thing, except yeah. now he's a zombie. <laughs> and they're uh, in yeah. game shows and <laughs> yeah, fuck man. It's just it's insane. Like the um yeah, I mean, I guess just to get something this tight is just taking that much time to go back over it and over it and over it and where can we connect this and where does this go and this 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 mo this five minutes of the script is like you know we're missing something here what where can we connect this and how can this go back to that and like <laughs> it's just, it's just like I'm just imagining this insane like um you know like spider's web of like yarn yeah. red yarn um well all right do you want to do uh do you want to do a segment called what are you watching sure uh all um, right well you've been uh you've been out the last couple episodes why don't you tell tell me what you've been watching yeah let's see i have we've kept up with um shrinking which is oh, the shrinking. uh harrison ford and um jason siegel apple, apple tv plus show Really yes. good. Really, really good. It's only getting better. There's like maybe one episode, one part of like the first episode kind of sucked. And I remember talking about that a couple of weeks ago on the what have you been watching? But I really, really like that show. It's so it's very 
kind of it's funny and kind of comforting like almost i could see myself rewatching it very soon you know kind of like ted lasso kind of feel and i also on the plane i was able to watch for free after sun which is a um movie that came out um in last year and is getting a lot of like praise an indie movie it's about a um British father and daughter on a holiday together. And it doesn't hold your hand at all. It's very raw and natural, all natural lighting. And it's a lot of it's like shot on um, like footage of like their video recorder, you know, camera they took. Mm-hmm. And it's a slow, slow burn. It's very like nostalgic feeling of being that in between age of daughters, maybe like 12. So she's not old enough to hang out with like the cool older kids. that are like drinking and getting boyfriends and stuff like that. And, you know, she, her father's poor and they're really young and like, it's probably kind of a fuck up. None of this stuff is again, straight told to you. It's not that movie. It's a, it's, but I like that. By the end of the movie, like you are just so, I don't know. It, I just, <laughs> it's like crying on the plane. <laughs> After sun. Like, I hope no one looks at me. But yeah, that's what I got. What about Ooh. you? Yeah, I'm definitely checking that out. Well, <clears throat> my wife was out of town. I watched so many things <laughs> that I. I'm not going to say them all. I'm going to save a couple of them for a a week when I don't have anything, which sometimes happens. But yeah, yeah. The one I really wanted to tell you about was uh, a spoonful of sugar. It's on, uh, it's on shutter and it's, it's a new movie, 2023. Uh, I put it on kind of thinking it might be sort of like Skinamarink where it's like, uh, you know, weird, quirky movie that's unique that did festivals and it's on Shutter now. Um, mm-hmm. it's it's really bad and it's fucking insane. It's like so ridiculous this movie. So like, this couple hires a babysitter to look after their very high needs, uh, high maintenance special needs child who has some sort of unspecified disabilities, like 10-ish. He doesn't speak. Kind of like got, in um, Mother. Yeah. He's got all these allergies. Mm-hmm. The, pa- the parents have this weird sort of sexual thing going on. The mom's a cutter, which do mm. you don't really, like they, it doesn't really play into the movie, except they talk about it once. And then like <laughs> every time you see her, she's got a few more cuts. Like to the point where like in the, at the end, her face is all like slashed up and, um, Jesus. and then like the babysitter is like on acid the whole time. So there's all these like trippy sequences and you're, there's this whole thing where you're never sure what's real, you know, mm-hmm. that can be cool. So about halfway through the movie, like the babysitter starts giving the kid acid and he starts like doing better. Like because of it, uh huh. And then, like, about two thirds of the way through the movie, the babysitter starts killing people 
I guess because they remembered they were making a horror movie. Uh-huh. So like she kills, who does she kill? She kills her dad. Who's like, it's implied they have some sort of weird sexual thing, but that's never really explored. And he's like only in one scene prior to that. And it's like, Oh yeah, he's in this movie. Oh, now he's dead. You know? And then she kills the therapist. She like tricks the therapist. The par- therapist apparently has just vials of LSD just in his office. Like <laughs> so she she tricks him and like steals a bunch of it. LSD bear, dude. That's and we then, start writing that. Yeah. But she kills him. But like in the scene where she's like monologuing over his body, like he's clearly alive. To, like to the point where I'm wondering, is he supposed to be dead here? Like he's clearly breathing. His eyes are clearly moving around. I don't know if, I don't even know what it was. There's like stuff coming out of his mouth. Like, like she poisoned him, but like, (laughs) (laughs) and then like the babysitter gives, are you having fun watching this? That's my question. Okay. Okay. I wasn't sure if you're like, like laughing and like, this is crazy, but like, I'm kind of having fun. I'm going to order some Chinese food. Actually, yeah, I kind of hated it, but I also kind of liked it too. I don't know. It's it was weird. I think you you would probably hate it. Yeah, sounds. <laughs> but like, so the the babysitter gives the kid a knife, and oh, and the dad, of course, the dad and the babysitter start sleeping together, and like the kid starts dr- crazy. The kid sees it, like they're having sex in the garden, just in broad daylight. Uh-huh. The kid, the, there's a, and then the, like pans up and the kid is in the window watching and screaming <laughs> and then it just cuts and then like a couple scenes later he's like drawing pictures of them having sex <laughs> and the mom is like picking like angrily crumpling them up and <laughs> and did then look look up who did this or like i did no research on yeah. it <laughs> i gotta i gotta think but the crazy the ending is just so crazy the the babysitter wants the dad to like marry her so he Mm -hmm. gives the kid a knife tells him to kill his mom because he and the kid and then the mom have this really fraught relationship whereas the kid and the babysitter really get along uh they and so the babysitter gives the kid a knife and tells her to kill tells him to kill his mom so they can be a family like him and her and the dad and then in the final scene, the baby, the, the kid kills the babysitter by stabbing her in the face multiple times, which we see in a close up, like very graphic close up. And then like the mom and the dad are like burying the babysitter's body. And they're like, Oh, we, we can't keep doing this. We're going to have to buy more property. <laughs> and they bury her. And then like the lat, as the credits are rolling, there's this shot of like this cutaway shot of the ground and you see the babysitter's body and then it pans over and you see like three more babysitter bodies that they've buried. And the last one is just like straight up a skeleton. <laughs> but it's been there for so long. Like, wait, how old is this kid? Like, I, I don't know how, yeah, long, how long does a body. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. To, like, I'm suddenly doing a math. skeleton. Yeah. And there's no, stages of decomposition in between there's three (laughs) three bodies that look perfectly fine yeah and then the last one's just a skeleton it's like a cheap like 
Yeah, like you like get like Halloween yeah. store skeleton yeah, yeah. <laughs> covered with dirt. Spirit Halloween, yeah. And I'm just like, what? Like, if the whole point of this movie is that the kid is like killing babysitters, then why did you build up the babysitter to be like the villain of the movie? It just made no sense. This movie was so dumb and ridiculous and it sucked. <laughs> so, and you it, watched all of it. I did watch all of it. It's from 2023. And let's see, I'll save that one. I don't know how much of this I'm going to put in the episode, but did you, were no, you talking not. about, were you talking about station 11 at one point? Yeah. Did you, did you watch that? All right. Yeah. I thought so. Cause I'm like, did you finish it? Well, no, I'm, I'm only a few episodes in, but I'm like, oh, this seems really familiar. I think Gus mm-hmm. talked about how it. good okay. the, the character building in that is like, it's the, good. I'm only a few episodes in. Yeah. Though I didn't there's one episode I didn't understand at all. Like there's this bottle episode about the woman who drew the comic. Does that have anything to do with anything? Mm. Like it's a black woman and she's like trapped in Thailand when the when the shit goes down or something. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, that does I, I think did not it all kind of com- it comes together, I think. Cuz it's very like I mean, I like it. I like, I love the idea of like a post-apocalyptic traveling Shakespeare troupe. I think that's great. Right. Like they're kind of, there is some like societal, like they're trying to hold on. Yeah. Well, it's not, it's like, it's not like a zombie apocalypse or like a lot of apocalypse movies. Everyone's life is in imminent danger. Like it's not one of those. It's like a, the thing where I always like got frustrated about with the walking dead is that like they would occasionally hint at like, we're trying to rebuild society. And I thought yeah. that was always very interesting, but they never stuck to it. You know, right. Everything just, it always goes, ends up going to shit. Like somebody's an asshole or a creep or yeah. keeping their zombie daughter in a fucking closet, you know, or there's like a crazy villain somewhere. You yeah. Know, coming into like ruin everything. Yeah. Vegan or the governor. Yeah, but like, keep, yeah. I always like that aspect of like post-apocalyptic things where it's like sort of like they're, they're trying to hang on to something and it's like, I don't know the character building and how much you care for the characters, especially the little girl. And um, yeah. And she's like an adult in the present or whatever. And yeah, the timeline is confusing to me, but I'm only, like I said, I'm only a couple episodes. No. Yeah. You'll get, it gets, I think, like I said, the further you get into it, the better you'll understand. It's good. I really liked it. But yeah, I'm going to keep, well, I have some other stuff. The quality of it too. It looks great. Looks yeah. better than The Last of Us. The Last of Us yeah, has the this Last weird of Us was kind of like, shitty look. To, I've been I haven't yeah. seen the last episode. I haven't seen the last episode. I kept but, wanting to like it, and it it's kind just, of doesn't it look know. bad. It doesn't. It looks like very stagey. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it looks. I very mean, good. Pedro Pascal is great. I mean, this is not shot particularly well. Doesn't, the two lead actors are basically carrying it. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, like the well. I guess the, the I last, episode last episode is yeah. actually kind of disappointing. I mean, you know what happens because you played the game, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I thought the last episode was kind of disappointing. You know, I, I didn't think that show was particularly good. I, I was, there were moments, but I don't know. Oh, I agree. I agree. 
it was I wanted it to be a lot better because I think it I, it I think, deserves to be. I think the concept probably works better as a game. Honestly. Uh have you played the second one? No, I haven't. I'm playing it now. Yeah, what do you think? That's cool. Um I think it's you know, it's not as good as the first one, but they I really like how they went a completely different direction. You know, it's not just rehashing the first game. They just went completely in a different direction, which yeah, I remember like. seeing the, the um, trailer for it. Yeah. I was like, whoa, like what's going on? Like it was very intriguing. And then I remember seeing the gameplay. It was like Ellie kind of taking on some random dudes. Yeah, you play. And it was mostly. really cool. Yeah, it's it's fun and it looks great. Yeah, there's some story elements. There's one thing they do that I think is really clever that a lot of people hated. It's one of those games that was really divisive because of like how the story went. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was really clever. I mean, I won't spoil it, but like, yeah, yeah, I, I do. Think, I I would like to play it. Somewhere. I think it's cool. Um, now. Yeah a lot of the story does rely way too heavily on happenstance. If you Mm -hmm. play it and you're just like, what that character's there now. Okay. You know, there's a lot of that. Yeah. Of just like, Oh, that's convenient. (laughs) You know, (laughs) that's that it, it's that, that seems like, like that's a pretty game logic. y shit, you know, it's like, there's a lot of that. That kind of sucks because that was the cool thing about that game is that it was going away from like kind of conventional game logic with like character stuff true well all right uh i'll save the rest of this i'm gonna cool i'm gonna record an outro yeah sounds good uh all right gang thanks for listening uh my name is brad patello find me on instagram at brad patello gus is mr trouth adam is renaissance grunt and you can follow our a movie odyssey instagram accounts uh we post there we try to post there at least a couple times a week although i'm not very good at social media i'm trying we'll see Uh, (laughs) yeah dm us tell us we're doing a good job suggest movies for us to watch or and or discuss and we'll see you next time bye Thank thank you love you